great music tonight. Thank you for the wonderful music, the great spirit that's here tonight. There's an electric spirit here tonight. What a blessing. And so we're going to baptize real soon. And uh, man, what a blessing. And so if you are, uh, have been saved, you need to be baptized, haven't been baptized yet, then be sure that you let us know. We'll, we'll uh, be talking to you about that really, really soon. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will. I think we're going to be pretty brief tonight. But I want you to take your Bibles and turn back to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, once again, we're going to read some different verses tonight. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And when you find your place, if you're able, if you'll stand with us tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Now, I preached this morning that you ought to always read the Bible in its context. But just for a few minutes tonight, I'm going to stretch that, and, and uh, I don't think bad, but I may preach this out of context just a little bit tonight, but I don't think it's going to do, I don't think this is going to do any damage to the Scripture, and I think it's going to, I think it's definitely applicable this way that I'm going to preach it tonight, and I think it's going to help somebody this evening. And so, look if you will at 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse number 17, read down through verse number 23. And the Bible says in verse 17, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if, when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we, or that ye, should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, and I want you to really pay special close attention to verse number 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. Notice the last part. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. How many believe tonight that God judges righteously? He does. Genesis 19 reminds us, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And he'll always do right. I want to talk to you just a few moments tonight about that subject, who's in control of your spirit. And so you may be seated tonight, and uh, I think we're going to be fairly brief tonight, but uh, we want to get something from the Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll jump into the Bible study tonight. Father, Thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary tonight. What a tremendous service. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful spirit of the Lord that's here tonight. And God, I definitely, our, our spiritual man has been recharged and refreshed, and we thank you for that. And God, as we take just a few moments as we close this service and take just a few moments, we've done our best to, to try to worship you in spirit, 
Now we want to try to worship you in truth. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll knit our hearts together, and I pray that we'll learn a, I pray that we'll learn a great truth that will help us today or maybe down the road. So, Father, fill us with the Spirit of God. Give us power. Give us open ears. Lord, give us a mind that can understand and a heart that will receive. And I pray that Christ will receive glory and praise from all that's done. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. Verse number 23, who when he, talking about the Lord, when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. You understand that the Lord Jesus Christ has been severely wronged. It's what Peter was referring to there. Of course, he was talking about the suffering of the cross. And Jesus has been severely wronged. But we notice here that Peter reminds us that it was at that moment that he chose, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he chose to place his spirit within the care of his heavenly Father. The Bible says, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. The word committed means to give over into one's power or use. Uh, the Gospel of Luke says it like this, Luke 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. I want to encourage us tonight as a church family, as the family of the Lord, to be so careful about who we leave in charge of our spirit in 2021. Can I just ask that question tonight? Who's in charge of your spirit? Who have you committed your spirit to? Oh, I'm not talking about your salvation. I, you say, Pastor, I, I've, I've been saved. I, that, that's wonderful. I'm not really talking about that tonight, but I'm talking about your spirit. Who have you placed in control of your spirit tonight? I'm amazed at the Christian people I meet and talk to that allow the wrong kind of people and the wrong kind of powers to absolutely control their spirit. Now, I want to try to challenge us a little bit about that tonight if I could. How about this? Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Some allow the media to control their spirit. For some, the cable news and the syndicated news programs make up their total media diet. It's all they ever watch. It's all they ever listen to. They feed themselves on that constantly. We talked about the milk of the word this morning, but for some, instead of the milk of the word, it's the media. I mean, they're just constantly filling up uh, with Fox News. And I don't, I, listen, I don't know who you watch and it doesn't matter but they're just constantly binging on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or Rush Limbaugh or the Charlotte Observer or the New York Times or, uh, or the Wall Street Journal, whatever it may be, uh, constantly consuming the media, constantly consuming the negative, constantly consuming the bad news, constantly consuming uh, the end of the world mentality, the conspiracy theories 
allowing the media to shape or to reshape their thinking. It's literally, honestly, I know some folk, it's literally all they think about. It's all they talk about. Every time you meet them, it's the first thing they want to talk about. It's the, it's the last thing they want to talk about. It literally consumes their life because they're allowing, they're allowing the media to literally control their spirit. I'm going to be honest with you. One of the best things my wife and I have done recently is we have limited our news consumption. And we used to be pretty avid Fox News watchers, but we have limited that greatly. I mean, we watch, we watch very little news anymore. Folks are worrying about tomorrow, and people are fretting about the future. But may I remind you what James chapter 4 and verse 14 says? Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Now again, everybody's like, preacher, what in the world is going to happen in 2021? I heard what Fox News said. I heard what they said on CNN. I read what they said in the newspaper the other day. And I want to say, Calvary, I don't know what's going to happen in 2021. I don't know about tomorrow. But thank God I know who holds tomorrow. Amen. And the Lord said this, don't worry about tomorrow. By the way, by the way, we're not there yet. But he is. He's already there. Can I just remind you when the three Hebrew children wound up in the, uh, in the fiery furnace that the Lord Jesus was already there. Our Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And so who, who controls your spirit? For some they allow the media to control their spirit. But then I thought about this. Some allow bad music to control their spirit. I want all of our young people to, to listen. And I, uh, I, I know that you, sometimes you look at pastor and you think, wow, pastor, pastor's really old. I mean, he's not a young, he's not a young whippersnapper anymore. And you're right, I, I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. But, uh, but I want to try to help you tonight. Uh, if you think for a half a second that music can't influence you, you're mistaken. Music, listen to me now, music has the power to influence. It has the power to influence cultures. It has the power to influence nations. And it definitely has the power to influence your spirit. Music can influence your spirit in a very positive way or music can influence your spirit in a very negative way. You don't have to turn there. But in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we read an interesting story. King Saul employs David for one reason. He does. Go read it. 1 Samuel 16. He employs David for, for one reason. It was the purpose of music. The Bible says that an evil spirit would come upon Saul. And I don't know exactly what all was going on or how he acted, but it must have been terrible because his servants got together and they, they, they said, we got to do something about this. I don't know that we can live like this forever. And so they thought, let's, 
Let's find someone who can, uh, who, who can play skillfully on an instrument and let's, let, let's bring him in and maybe he can play that music when this evil spirit comes upon King Saul. And so sure enough, somebody suggested uh, David. David played skillfully on the harp and uh, let's bring David in. And that's exactly what they did. And so all of a sudden when this evil spirit would come upon Saul, David would begin to play this good music. And because of this good music, the evil spirit would have to flee. I want to ask you a question. The music that you listen to, does it force the powers of darkness to flee? Or does it encourage them to come? That's, that is a good question, isn't it? Man, I don't know about you, and we were talking about the spirit world earlier today during lunch. I don't want evil spirits around me. I want to make sure that I listen to music uh, that's going to make sure that it keeps the evil spirits away from me just as far as possible. You've heard me say this before, but on Sunday morning, usually on Sunday morning as we're coming up the road, man, we're playing songs. This morning we were playing the Nun Sisters, Alabaster Box, and, and man, we were playing music that that was encouraging our spirit and getting us ready to worship and getting us ready to fellowship and getting us ready to sing and getting us ready for the Word of God. And, uh, and boy, sometimes when you play the right kind of music, it's amazing that it, it begins to encourage your spirit and you can feel the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God begins to encourage your spirit through music. And I just want to encourage you, young people and young adults, Oh, listen, be so careful about what you listen to. Be so careful about the music in your car. Be so careful about the music on your phone. You young parents, uh, be so careful about what you allow your kids to hear uh, on the television, on the stereo, on the, uh, on, the, on the telephone. Be so, so careful about the music that you listen to. Why? Because music can control your spirit. So for some... They allow the media to control their spirit. For some, they allow music to control their spirit. But how about this? Then there are others who allow the malicious. Now, hear me out now. They allow the malicious to control their spirit. I put a ball and chain on the string tonight on purpose. Because for some, a lot of Christians, you may not see it physically, but a lot of Christians walked into the house of God today with a ball and chain on. For many, they allow the malicious to control their spirit. What are you talking about, preacher? Someone along the line criticized them. Or someone cursed them. Or someone laughed at them. Or maybe poked fun at them. And they totally allow that person to rule their spirit from that day forward. It's like a ball and chain. They, they can't quite get away from it. And because of that, it robs them of joy. Oh, yes, amen. It robs them of a smile. It robs them of their shout. That, 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 and maybe it was malicious and maybe it wasn't malicious, but regardless of that, they've held on to that thing. They've let it simmer. They've not let it go. It's caused them to be bitter. It's caused them to be indifferent. It's caused them to, to get sort of sideways with the things of the Lord. Uh, they've allowed the malicious to control their spirit. Let me illustrate. This has been several, several months ago now. I was talking to a lady on the telephone, and, and it is tragic. This lady went through a divorce, and that's terrible. 
And any of it that have ever been through it wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. But she had been through a divorce. And, and, and the, the thing that was so sad, it wasn't only sad she went through a divorce, but the divorce happened many years ago. And yet, as I talked to this lady, I tried to speak into her life. I tried to give her some encouragement. I tried to point her to the Lord. And yet, I found that we kept going back to the divorce. We kept going back to an ex-husband. And she said, my ex-husband did this. And the ex-husband didn't. Now, wait a minute. It had been years, years since they had divorced. And the truth of the matter is, she was still allowing her ex-husband, after all these years, she was still allowing her ex-husband to control her spirit. You know what? He had become like a ball and chain to her. Uh, after all, I'm talking, when I say years, I mean it had been years, and yet, uh, and yet she had commended her spirit into the hands of her ex-husband. What a shame. That bitterness had done its work. That bitterness had hit its target. That bitterness had robbed her of her joy, had taken away her smile, had taken away her, her, her excitement, uh, and what she could have done for the Lord Jesus Christ. She had literally allowed that circumstance, that person to control her spirit. She had committed herself to that person. Are you following me tonight? It's Matthew chapter 16. You don't have to go there. In Matthew chapter 16, we find the Lord Jesus Christ trying to explain to his disciples that he'll soon be facing the cross. They've been traveling with him now for several years and, and they're, they're understanding that he is the son of God. He's got great power. He can do great miracles. And then all of a sudden, the Lord Jesus Christ sits his disciples down and he says, fellas, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the cross. You got to understand that the disciples realized he was the king. And they wanted him to set up his kingdom right then and there. They wanted him to, to take them out from under this Roman occupation. And so when the Lord Jesus Christ talked about his kingdom, they thought that he was talking about his kingdom right then. And Jesus spoke of a future kingdom. And he said, fellas, I'm going to the cross. They're going to nail me to the cross. I'm going to die for the sins of mankind. I am the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. My kingdom will come later, but I'm not going to set my kingdom up right now. I'm going to die. But Peter was having no part of that. In fact, if it weren't in the Word of God, we wouldn't believe it. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16 that Peter took him. It implies... It implies force. Like a parent would grab a hold of a child. The Bible says that Peter took him, the son of God. And then it says, and began to rebuke him. And basically said this, oh no, you're not going to any cross. You're not going to die. You're going to set up your kingdom. Wait a minute now. I want you to understand that Jesus did not allow Peter to control his spirit. In Matthew chapter 16 
And verse 23, the Bible says, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Get thee behind me. You're not going to control my spirit. You're not, amen. You're not going to control my destiny. You know what we need tonight? We need some Christians at Calvary Baptist Church who will say to that person who done them wrong, who will say to that circumstance in their life, get thee behind me. You're not going to control me. You're not going to control my destiny. You're not going to control my future. I'm not going to lose my joy. I'm not going to sacrifice my excitement. I'm going to do the will of God and you get behind me. There are some stories now this is out there but I'm probably not the first one that heard, that's heard this. There are some historians that tell us that years ago, many, many years ago, that when a man would murder another man maliciously, full intent, he meant to do it. When he would murder an innocent man, that the court would sentence him by taking the dead body that he killed and they would chain him to the dead body. They said that for days, he would have to drag that dead body around. Anywhere he went, that dead body was there. You can imagine, after days and days, rigor mortis begins to set in. That human body begins to become contorted and twisted as those limbs begin to stiffen up. You can imagine as that decomposition begins to come in. The body begins to decompose and all the terrible sights and the terrible smells uh, and that man, that murderer and that one that was murdered were constantly chained to the man who committed the murder. You say, Pastor, why are you telling that story? You know what's really sad? Although maybe that happened many, many years ago, it is still going on to this very day. There are people in the church who somewhere along the line, somebody did them wrong. Somebody spoke to them wrong. Somebody abused them. Somebody cheated them. Somebody lied to them. Somebody misused them. And rather than forget it, rather than forgive, rather than say, get thee behind me. You're not gonna control me. It's almost like they chained that person who did them wrong. It's almost like they chained them to themselves. And it's all they talk about. And it's all they think about. It consumes their day. It consumes their night. And I want to say hallelujah. I know the chain breaker tonight. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest things you'll ever do in 2021 is to cut the chains. We say, pastor, but you, and here's, here's what we hear, but pastor, you don't know what they've done to me. And you're right, I don't. But I do know this, if you stay chained to them, it's gonna ruin your life. If you stay chained to them, you're never gonna have joy. And you see some of these broken people that walk into this church and you see them shout, see them raise a hand, praise the Lord. You see them sing in the choir. You see them get excited about the Lord and you think, I don't get it, how? I know a little bit about their background. I know where they came from. 
A preacher, how can they shout? How can they smile? How can they be excited about the things of the Lord? And this is the reason. Somewhere along the line, they broke the chain. Somewhere along the line, they said, I'm going to forget it. Somewhere along the line, they said, I'm going to forgive. I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to hang on to it any longer. I'm done with that. Some allow the media to control their spirit. Some allow music to control their spirit. Many allow malicious to control their spirit. But here's my point. Christians ought to allow the master to control their spirit. I told you we're going to be brave. We're almost done. Christians ought to allow the master to control their spirit. And you say, preacher, how could I do it? Number one, begin every day with a yielded spirit. Now take your Bibles and turn over to Romans chapter six with me. Romans chapter six. And look at verse number 13 tonight, if you will. Romans chapter six and verse number 13. Pastor, how can I break the chain? By the way, you can't, but he can. How can can I put these things behind me? How can I forgive How can I forget? How can I move forward? Number one, begin every day with a yielded spirit. Romans 6, 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto unto who? Unto God. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of unrighteousness unrighteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Verse 16. Here it is, church. Here it is. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Listen, church, every single day of your life, one of the first things you ought to do when you get up in the morning is take some time and yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Every day. Every day. Now, I have a, every day I have a season of prayer. Every day I have a, a time when I spend, I mean, I spend a generous amount of time in the Word of God. But even before I get to that season of prayer, First thing in the morning, when my feet hit the ground, I I have a place that I go and I yield myself to the Holy Spirit right then and there. Lord, forgive me. If I had any wrong thoughts through the night, forgive me of those thoughts. Cleanse me of sin. Lord, if I did something wrong yesterday, forgive me for it. And Lord, I, I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I want you to control my mind I want you to control my thoughts. I want you to control my actions. I want you to control everything I do today. I want you to speak to me from your word. I want you to guide me in prayer. I want you to show me truth. And and every single day, I want to yield myself to the Spirit of God. And every single day of your life, when you get up in the morning, you ought to yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. But that's not enough. That's not enough. Many, many times throughout the day, you need to yield yourself. Yield yourself. Yield yourself to the Spirit of God. If a bad thought comes to your mind, confess it right then. Don't wait. You say, when I get home, I'm going to confess it. Oh, no, no. Confess it right then. And say, Lord, whoa, whoa, whoa. That that thought shouldn't be there. 
Lord, forgive me for that thought. And, and Lord, I yield myself to you right now. Lord, I yield my mind to you right now. Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Lord, I shouldn't have treated that person like that. Lord, forgive me. And I yield myself to you right now. I want you to control me. I want you to use me. I want you to guide me. I want you to fill me. I want you to flow through me. Hey, we're talking about walking in the Spirit. And so begin every day with a yielded spirit. Number two is live every day with a protected spirit. Now take your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, and look if you will at verse number 23. Proverbs chapter number four and verse number 23. Wow, what a verse. Let's read it together. Proverbs chapter four, verse number 23. Let's read it together. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Well, let's read it again. Ready? Keep thy heart with all, for out of it are the, keep thy heart with all diligence. What's that talking about? It literally means this. It means to set up blockades to set up some blockades to your heart, to walk guard around your, that's what it's talking about. Study it out for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. To set up a blockade, to walk guard around your spirit. Make sure that, 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 that nothing gets in that might hurt your spirit or harm your spirit or deprive you of the joy of the Lord or the blessings of the Lord. Listen, uh, if you know something is gonna damage your spirit, don't let it in. Listen, if you know watching Fox News is going to damage your spirit, when Fox News comes to the gate, you ought to say, hold on. Do you have a pass? Do you have a pass to get on base? I, 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 don't, find, I don't find your pass anywhere. If you know there's a certain person that's going to damage your spirit, you know what? You may have to, and I tell our people this sometimes, sometimes you have to love people from a distance. Doesn't mean you hate them. Doesn't mean you have an excuse to be unchristlike. Doesn't mean you ought to be mean-spirited. But if there's a certain relative or there's a certain worker that you work with and every time they get around you, they have a way of grinding and man, just, just they hurt your spirit. You may have to call some distance between you and that coworker. Hey, I wrote this down. Be careful about the bridges to your spirit. What in the world are you talking about, pastor? I'm talking about your eyes. Your eyes are a bridge, a bridge to your spirit. Be careful about music. Be careful about negative talk. You know what? With everything that God is doing at Calvary Baptist Church, are y'all listening listen to me really good tonight? I love y'all. I love you tonight. But with everything that God is doing at Calvary Baptist Church, if some jabberjaw comes up to you and they try to start pouring their garbage into your mind, you know what I'd do? I'd get away from them. Number one, I'd get away from them. I'd be afraid the, gr the ground might cleave us, cleave us under. But I wouldn't listen to that junk. I'm not gonna let people speak that kind of stuff into my, amen. I'm not gonna let people speak that kind of junk into my life. Be careful about negative talk. Be careful about gossip. Be careful about profanity. 
Be careful, be careful about the music uh, that you listen to, the movies you watch, the television shows you watch. You know what grieves my spirit? When I hear somebody say, Jesus Christ. And they're not saying it because they're praising him. You know what that does to my spirit? Man, that hurts my spirit. So if that's the case, and it is, I'm not going to watch shows that do that. I said, I know, preacher, but man, this is, I mean, this is like the greatest show ever. Well, it must not be too great if they're using Jesus' name in vain. It must not be too great. Come on, church. It must not be too great. And we ought to have some Christians in 2021 when Hollywood comes knocking on the door and says, hey, let me in. I'd like to speak into your life and speak into the lives of your kids. You ought to say, Hollywood, get off my doorstep. You're not coming in. The bridge to your spirit, your ears, your eyes, the television you're watching, the, the literature you're reading, the materials you're looking at. Begin every day with a yielded spirit. Live every day with a protected spirit. We're done. Last of all, witness every day with a joyful spirit. Did you know it's the spirit of man that bears witness with the world that we've got something different? It really is. It's your spirit. Your spirit. You look like some other people. Is that right? Some of you have brown hair. A lot of folk do. Some of you have black hairs. A lot of folk do. Some of you have red hair. Others do. Some of you are skinny, like Brother Abel. <laughs> Others are very healthy, like your pastor. Amen. But there's a lot of people who are skinny like Brother Abel, and there's a lot of people who are sort of fat like your preacher. And so you understand that we sort of look the same, but it's your spirit that tells the world that there's something different about you. In fact, Proverbs 20, 27 says it like this. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's that part of you that flickers and, and, and brightens the room when you walk in. Listen to me. I'm done. Listen to me now. When you walk into the room at work, do you brighten the room or do you darken the room? When you walk into the church house on Sunday morning, do people say, here comes brother so-and-so? Or do they say, oh boy, here comes brother so-and-so. Run for the corners, you know. Wait a minute, our spirit. Our spirit bears witness with the world that we've got something different. Did you know the, the, the deacon Stephen had a powerful witness because of his spirit? The Bible says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Paul's preaching was effective because it was done in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. All right, here it is. Y'all ready? I found this this week. I want to share it with you. Someone said, your attitude will determine your altitude. Think about it. Your attitude, your spirit will determine your altitude. You want to fly high? You want to soar like the eagles? Man, you want to do something great for God? Then you're going to have to have the right kind of attitude. You're going to have to, you're going to do, and by the way, you'll, you'll not do this by accident. 
you'll have to consciously determine to do it. I'm even in 2021 with maybe the candidate that I didn't vote for in office with COVID-19 going on and everything else, I'm going to determine I'm going to have the right kind of spirit because I want to do great things for God. I want to ask you a question. Who's in control of your spirit? Wow. Interesting story. Robert E. Lee, Robert E. Lee, of course, was a leader in the Civil War movement. We all know how that turned out. The North prevailed. But I, after studying this out somewhat, they said that General Grant and Robert E. Lee, although they were very driven men, both were gentlemen. They said that Robert E. Lee was quite the southern gentleman. The war was over. The Civil War was over. The South had clearly lost. Many had lost their lives. And they said that Robert E. Lee was, was, was meeting with the woman in Kentucky. She took him out to, she had this big palatial plantation. And she took him out and she said, I want to show you this tree and she had this grand, I mean, this grand tree in her yard. It used to be absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful tree. And she said, Mr. Lee, she said that when the Civil War took place, she said the cannonballs and the, the fire, she said it took big chunks out of the trunk and it knocked off the limbs. And she said this used to be the most beautiful tree that you'd ever see, but now it's not even half of what it used to be. And they said that she literally wept while she was telling the story. And she was waiting for Robert E. Lee to criticize the North. But Robert E. Lee said this, cut it down, my dear madam, and forget it. It is better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain and let bitterness take root and poison the rest of your life. Whew. Whoa. Wow. You know what he was saying? Don't allow a circumstance to control your spirit. Don't allow it to rob you of joy for the rest of your life. Well, that's great counsel. Great counsel tonight. Who's in control of your spirit? Let's make sure that we commit our spirits only to one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow for prayer tonight. Father, it's been such a great day. Thank you so much for this challenge tonight. Lord, it's helped me. It's helped me. God, I could feel the Spirit of God working in my life even as I was preaching it tonight. Lord, I pray tonight that you would help us to only, only commit our spirit to Thee. Not the person that done us wrong. Not what the media says. Not the circumstances that are going on presently in our nation or even this world. But God, I pray that we'll only allow the King of kings and the Lord of lords
to control our spirit. So Father, maybe tonight, maybe tonight there ought to be some some Christians who come around an old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, tonight I commend my spirit in your hands. Father, for too long, I've allowed someone to control it or something to control it or some circumstance to control it. Lord, I want my joy back. Lord, I want my excitement back. And Lord, tonight I commend my spirit into your hands. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to ask a question tonight, if I may. How many are here this evening would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I don't know. I want to go, but I'm just not sure about it. I want you to pray for me. Right now, you'd slip your hand up. Preacher, would you remember me? All right. It's time to pray. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. See that hand. Is there another tonight? Right now, you'd slip your hand up. You'd say, Pastor, remember me. I'm not sure of heaven. Pray for me. Pray for me. Who's in control of your spirit tonight? Let's all stand, if you would, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you're watching by way of live stream, can I ask you tonight, who's in control of your spirit? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Have you given your heart and life to Him? If not, I'm going to ask you tonight, if you're watching by way of live stream, I'm going to ask you tonight to make a move for the Lord. Right now, I want you to find a place in a bedroom or by a coffee table. If you're driving down the road, I want you to maybe to find a place where you can just pull over. And right now, would you realize you're a sinner that needs a Savior? And in simple faith tonight, would you believe that He died to pay for your sins? They put him in a grave, but three days later, God raised him from the dead. He's a living, resurrected Savior. And he so wants to come into your life tonight and save your soul. Tonight, wherever you may be, would right now you open your heart to him and just invite him to come in. Lord, I receive you as my Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die tonight. He said it like this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, Jesus said, I'll come in and sup with him. Would you open your heart to him tonight, your life to him tonight? If you're here this evening and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure of heaven. In just a moment, I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And if you need to come, listen, I want to encourage you right now. If you'll take the first step, Jesus will help you with the second one. I'll promise he will. Promise it. Let's do business with the Lord tonight. Maybe there's somebody here this evening and someone hurt you deeply. Maybe it's been 20 years ago, but they hurt you deeply. Tonight you'd come and say, Lord, would you break the chain? Get thee behind me. I'm not going to let them control my spirit. We're going to pause just for a little bit. We'll sing in a minute maybe, but we're going to pause. And if you need to come, listen, the altars are open. The altars are open. Folks are using the altars tonight. You come tonight. While we wait, while we wait, you come.